0: everybody agrees we need more housing we need affordable they get up on the mic the zba they 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 really pour their hearts out Mm -hmm. but then the next word is not in my backyard so where do we do it Mm -hmm. nobody
1: Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters Radio. We're in the studio today to continue our Franklin for All downtown zoning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, discussions. And we've got a great group of folks in the studio today. We'll go around uh, on my right, visually. (laughs) You're not
2: seeing it, but this audio you'll be able to hear. Hi, everyone. Kobe Frangillo,
3: Franklin Town Council. Um, Good morning, everyone. Melanie Hamblin, Franklin Town Council, Chair of the EDC.
0: Joe Halligan, recently appointed on the Master Plan Committee.
3: Brad Chaffee, um, owner of uh, Camford Property Group, here
1: in Franklin. Thank you all for joining today. As we said, we'll continue the discussion. I think the impetus for me was initially uh, at one of the EDC Plus meetings, Joe, you had stood up and provided, I think you had a paper or two, and you went through uh, list from a developer's perspective around the setbacks, the requirements of a site plan, etc., and how even combining two or three—you well, you had to combine two or three properties in order to get something buildable with the changes that were going. One of the pink pieces that we've been discussing over time is kind of like the sausage-making machine. There's this buy-right concept, and you've got some gears and wheels and <coughs> setbacks, etc., etc., and we want to have a conversation to develop that, because there are nuances within that, some of which clearly get into, can you build it? Can you get from the bank the funding to do so? And there's an inclusionary aspect. Does it actually allow you to do some inclusionary or not? There's a whole bunch of things, so we just want to start and have the conversation.
3: (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for having us today, Steve. Um, I think this is a very important conversation to have. Um, Joe did stand up at one of our um, Franklin For All Steering Committee meetings. He has some really um, important points that I think everyone needs to think about. It's re- There's so many pieces in that sausage making machine. I think we have all the different ingredients because there's different types of sausages that you can make as well. Within right? each
4: zone, right? you get <laughs> different zones. <laughs> so.
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just w- also wanted to thank Joe. I just I don't know if people know this, but he's been our ladybug doctor, so he's been fixing some of the ladybugs for us. So thank you, Joe, for for your help with that. Um, that that's
1: a cool title. It's <laughs> <ladybug
3: doctor. laughs> yeah. yeah. like call the doc. I was like, going to call you. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I think it's really important for um, Joe to talk a little bit about um, how all these pieces with the setbacks and the the when you think about you know people think we're 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 just releasing the zoning so everything is going to get built everywhere but if you look actually at the pieces of property that are available they're really small there's really not much space to work with and so when we say 18, 19 units by right it's almost impossible to get that anywhere
0: and you are correct <laughs> <laughs> so I was at one of the EDC meetings I did some homework and I'll I'll give an example, I took uh, three to four pieces of random property on D-Nav, which seems to be uh, a great spot to do some housing where it's local to town, walkability to the downtown, right next to the train. And if you were to get uh, parcel together, approximately four parcels, which you'd probably need, uh, you could probably, out of the four parcels, you might get around 34,000 square feet of land, which is still less than an acre. I did the town valuation on those parcels. On those four parcels, would come out to about a million six. That's a town valuation. We all know that homes sell for a lot more than valuation. Mm-hmm. Correct. I don't think you can buy a home in Franklin for under five hundred thousand. That's livable. That's been rehabbed. So y- you're talking close to a, you know a couple million dollars to buy thirty-four thousand square feet of land.
1: <coughs> Property acquisitions specifically
0: to begin. Correct. To, with the to rest. start the yeah. project off, we'd have to put four parcels together. You're talking around a $2 million valuation to put four parcels together. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll use these words that I used at the EDC meeting. Franklin is a victim of its own success. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have teardowns in the downtown. like, I guess if you were to go around Fall River, New Bedford, and those areas, there are homes that haven't been occupied in years. You can get deals on them, tear them down, you can put some parcels together. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. a victim of our own success. Uh, all the homes in town are pretty much up to date. There are no teardowns, rundown uh, homes, in the, especially in the downtown area. You might find one sprinkled here and there throughout the whole town, but nothing in the downtown area. So you're, you're, you're talking approximately two million dollars to parcel for, to put four parcels together so we could accumulate thirty-four thousand square feet.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: One, I find it hard to believe someone's going to spend that money and tear down four beautiful homes. I mean, right. I, that's, that's number right. one. So that, that seems
3: that, like quite a waste, too, right?
0: That's number one. And even if you were to get someone to do that and you were to accumulate about 34,000, 35,000 square feet in the RV district, which is d and presently, uh, you can only utilize up to 35% of the land as uh, right. impervious, right. which so would include driveways, the structure, the buildings, sidewalks. So, in essence, you bring it down to about 11,900 feet is all the developer would be buying that he could develop.
3: Right. And that's General that's Residential just 5 for people that's
0: who are... Just, which is yeah. a, a good parcel around the town yeah. where I think multifamily would be great.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, uh, It's not right on 140, it's down those little bit of the side streets that makes yep. it a little more residential for, those, for that type of development. So as Brad sitting next to me here will know, that you're not going to spend $2 million for 11,000, 12,000 square feet of land.
3: To, them to them. build on build without the, what, that's uh, just
0: the land cost. So
3: that's right. right so the, well, that's one of the mm-hmm. main things, right? Is like we have this land cost, but then our setbacks are so egregious. I think is what they said well, in the setbacks prep. we haven't even got to yet. We're just talking <laughs> about <laughs> utilization. <laughs> yeah, we're utilization. talking just about right.
0: impervious coverage. Impervious feasibility is really what we're
3: just
5: starting at. Right.
3: Yeah, feasibility. Yeah. Right. right. So and now exactly. we've, we've cut it down by two thirds. Yeah. That's correct. The buildable area.
0: But in today's day and age, though. The impervious coverage issue can be corrected because the impervious coverage issue goes back to the horse and buggy days when you put a home up you know, or driveways, you had plenty of land for the for the water to saturate into uh, right. off the structures. Mm-hmm. Sure. Today we have technology. If you really wanted to, you could do 100% impervious mm-hmm. with underground drainage sure. and the engineers systems. we use. Yeah. Yeah. We, we could do that. Yeah. How it, that, that doesn't really react well with people when you see a total parcel paved structures mm-hmm. you still got greenery in it which goes way back to even back when I was on the planning board that the bylaws that we have now actually work because by the time you go through the permitting process and you get the landscaping in and 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 trees and fencing and setbacks you can't build 100% on a parcel it doesn't it it, it naturally it's like a, a glass of water it naturally levels itself off so if you were to get a lot, even under today's uh, bylaws and regulations, when you're done, you don't have 100% impervious. Right. It, it, it just it can't happen because of height restrictions, uh, setbacks. It, it does work. So we're really, I don't want to say overreacting. I think we're just clarifying, because that is something that we want to clarify to developers, that when they come in, they can just read down and go, this is what you can do. Because a lot of people yeah. get confused. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But going back to the initial calculations I was doing, again, I find it hard to believe that any developer is going to come in under the, the impervious coverage bylaws that we have now. You, that could go to the ZBA for a uh, variance.
3: Exactly. Again, but
0: adding watch more, steps. Adding more <laughs> steps, watching the EDC meetings, the council meetings, people want to make it easier to build. Right. But yet you, wanna, you want a good project. You just don't want to start throwing... Things in that don't work, just to say we have it. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be some homework done there. Yeah. Uh, but even at that cost of the land, and then you start talking, you know, twelve, fifteen units, two, three hundred thousand dollars a unit, without the land cost to build, you'd have to. I, I think I calculated out you'd have to get like five thousand a month rent for these units to make it work. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. too much money, and that doesn't. But that kind of rents, that doesn't put us where we want to be. Yeah. In other right. words, you, yeah, affordable
1: capital A in terms of the Fed or state definition, or practically affordable based upon what what really is locally required.
0: Right, that's correct. Right. And and going to the affordable is, is a whole different subject, because right now you could build a project right now with an affordable component, and the affordable going by Boston and state regulations for the rent is more than what the market rate is. Right. In yeah. In Franklin.
4: Right.
0: So. I don't think really throwing an affordable in changes the taste of the developer to build, especially now as a one per 10 units, Yeah. because he's going to get more rent for the affordable than he's going to get <laughs> for, the, for the market rate. <laughs> it's it's a crazy that's formula. That's very
3: interesting, right? I mean, yeah. that's one thing people don't really know realize is what the market rate is versus the affordable the capital A. Well, it's part of the,
1: the gears and the sausage making <laughs> machine mm-hmm. we're talking about, because to a certain extent, when and I think it was one of the points when you made that night as well, when you're still going to get some funding, and obviously you've got the acquisition cost, you get the build cost, and then if you put the affordable piece within that, that changes your affordability, and potentially whether the bank's going to actually even give you the money to do that as well. Never mind within it. Once you ultimately come out, you're, the income difference is going to be. You know, is it truly affordable at that point? Right. Aside from and I think that was one of the other conversations we had. If it was more of an ownership-based condo-type unit, so that the user is uh, versus rental, there's a different uh, other affordability nuances around those discussions as well, as I recall.
0: Correct. I think, and Brad can correct me on this, I'd much rather have apartments that are affordable. Because when you're building an affordable home within those, it's actually costing you money. Oh, yeah. You're losing money on those affordable components. It, you mm-hmm. can't even retrieve back at the sale what you've got in it to build it. Mm-hmm. But on a rental, if it pays slightly more than market rate, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. And it's guaranteed. Right. Half of those people, you might get the money from the state. There might be some state subsidies that pay for that rental. It's all electronically <laughs> deposited. It's an easier sell than building a home because you're losing on them. You're actually losing money on affordable units so that you can try to make money on the market rate units.
1: Yeah. Right. And then
0: That's so where a bank would come in and not be comfortable.
1: Yeah, and the state does incent to the extent that from a town perspective, uh, supportable housing or sustainable housing, <coughs> the actual SHI index. If you've got 10% within an apartment complex, all oh. the apartments count towards our SHI. Right. But on the ownership side, only the affordable units. So that throws our numbers. You know, there's there's incentive there for us to incent the larger apartment because we get the bigger number to our SHI, right. As opposed to
3: a right. smaller number from it, an ownership
1: perspective. So yeah, it it really gets complex.
3: And, and it's it's what that point, Steve, is like. We we know that people don't really want really big, uh, you know, big units. They want to see units with they want to see Buildings with less units in them, and and so, but it's better for us if we have the bigger units with affordables in it, right? It's bigger, better for the town. Right. Um, but and one of the other things about afford, the affordable is that um, in the housing production plan there are incentives in there to build more affordables, like to allow for setbacks, higher density, and all that. You know, lesser setbacks, higher density. Um, and there's things like that in there as well. I think we kind of forget that. Um, but that's another step that the builder has to go through. Um, and it makes it less likely that possibly they will go through those steps.
5: I'll just I'll piggyback a little bit off of what Joe said. Yeah. So, With the example of piecing all the <clears throat> four lots together, the houses, <clears throat> aside from the financial pieces and everything that Joe mentioned, you also have the time piece nearly impossible right when have you ever seen on one street four houses all go for sale at the same time and one person buys it? it doesn't matter right <laughs> so even in in the case that we changed everything made everything work and did that you still have to assemble four parcels right it could take decades or never right right so that's almost a showstopper right there and at the time we've assembled pieces and it has taken years. five to eight years in a lot of luck right right Somebody has to be in the right position, they're moving, this and that. It's just a lot of things. So this is extremely hard, that's why you don't see this stuff happen. And that's outside of the zoning and in the, in the, in the financial. Mm-hmm. Can,
3: just a practical matter. Can yeah. I like just ask you a question while you, you guys sure. just said this stuff? So why can't you just have one parcel and build something that, that you can make money on and still build housing for people? So you can but not with the so with the way that we're talking about the changes in the zoning and that's
5: what this is about it mm-hmm. doesn't work just have enough setback that's the issue you need to gather more land in order because we've been in, we've increased the density by right I mean sorry increased the square footage per unit by right which now makes it harder for us to go in there but
3: so I need more land now okay but it was all special permit before yep right and now there's some by right so if you, but to make it um, affordable, it has to be um, more units by right. But I also had. I'm a, just like trying. To, so I
5: believe. Yeah. So if I look.
1: the capital A affordable from uh, state, fed regulations. We've got realistic affordable. We also have the developer side affordable. So f- mm-hmm. if we could, from a developer side, call it buildable, because
4: right. if you can
1: afford to build it, then it becomes buildable. Yeah, that, that helps us clarify some of the just for our conversation. Oh, right. okay, right.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe I, that, I'm that not would help me a little bit. But
1: like, you know, yeah. well, from I'm a listener think- perspective as well. Then now, how would they yeah. use an affordable? Are they talk? That way we right
3: right it's simplified. a buildable lot so yep. the lots that already exist i guess is like so this is still my question there's a lot that exists you own it it has that white house on it right mm-hmm. um if you only own that that lot you couldn't put you couldn't um tear that down and put in a like a six fan a six unit building there
5: with the current zoning by special permit i could but if i now get increased well, I'm, I'm sorry, the density decreases in a sense, right, when we're doing it. I now have to go with a special permit, but I'm going backwards to what we had as a current bylaw and asking for that. Which takes yes, away right? from so now to just made the... the process.
4: Wait, wait.
2: <clears throat> so, uh, I want to I clarify that and then sort of walk us to yeah. the the very point where you're at. So. Just to, like, step all the way back, and yeah, I think I do please. this every, uh, every <laughs> podcast. I need but, to do it, too. But that's fine. Uh, you know, what we're talking about here is in order to uh, afford all the services that you enjoy in Franklin, uh, safe, uh, nice roads, good schools, uh, good senior center, in order to afford all that, the main piece of revenue that the town has is property value. And so we need to develop in a way that we're able to afford uh, all those services. And for a long time, we did the exact opposite. We developed in a way that added to our liabilities, uh, whether they be roads that we need to maintain, pipes that we need to maintain, uh, that added to them faster than we were actually uh, gaining in revenue. And so now we need to uh, steer the ship back to a form of development that actually brings in more revenue than it does add to uh, our expenses at the same time we want to build a community that's vibrant and and livable and, and prosperous and is a place that, that people want to go and there are so many ways in which we can accomplish both of those at the same time what it means is stopping the more sprawling uh, or at least slowing the more sprawling uh, sort of new, Uh, residential subdivision types of developments, um, the sort of uh, large box apartments on the edge of town, and uh, then at the same time, allowing for a type of development that creates a compact, mixed-use, walkable, uh, incrementally grown uh, downtown. Um, That's going to bring in uh, enough revenue on the infrastructure that already exists so it doesn't further uh, add to our expenses, right? So that's what this Franklin uh, For All project was about, is how do we uh, look at downtown zoning and where we were allowing things, where the downtown that you enjoy, um, and most of those, uh, those parcels uh, that, that are your favorite, the, you know, your favorite uh, buildings and all that, we made those illegal to build. And now we're saying, can we go back and ease up our restrictions around our downtown, so that incrementally, incrementally meaning, you know, little parcels at a time, one parcel here, a few parcels here, uh, one parcel here, uh, we can grow back in a way uh, that we used to. So that's what this, this whole conversation was about. So the, this piece that uh, Brad's touching upon was the first stab that the council took at, uh, and this is through this Franklin For All uh, plus process. sorry, the EDC plus process through the the title Uh, Franklin for All. So it had some members of uh, town council's economic development committee, uh, planning board, and uh, zoning board uh, working through, okay, how can we ease up some of our downtown uh, restrictions first uh, to allow for some of these projects to be built. And uh, the piece that Brad just brought up is the amount of units that can be built uh, per square foot square foot in our downtown currently any multifamily uh, the, if you're uh, yeah any multifamily in our downtown requires a special permit which means that they have to go in front of the planning board and uh, plead their case for why uh, this body should allow them uh, to put in units that is a major risk to uh, developers. Uh, Many projects uh, get shut down. um, And many projects, even more projects, never even come forward because it's a risk that they don't want to take because they're relying on the opinion. So what we wanted to do was say, hey, there's a certain amount that you can do by right, that if you just build up to this amount, right? if you just build a project that looks like this, we want to get out of your way. You can just do that. Now, if you want to go beyond that, that's when you need to come make your case for why you should be going beyond that. Now, it sounded like what Brad's concern was is that we said, okay, you can allow uh, up to one one dwelling unit per 2,250 square feet. Um, That is what you can do by right. And then after that, you need to ask for a special permit uh, from the planning board. Prior, it said that you have to ask for the special permit from the planning board, but they can grant a special permit up to 1,000, uh, one unit per 1,000 square feet by right. And so what he's worried about is that the 2,250 doesn't actually capture uh, enough projects. And so either way, for a lot of these projects, he's going to have to go in front of the uh, planning board. And it's helpful for the planning board to at least have that number that says, well, planning board, you can go up to 1,000, because without that number, we know Through tradition, that they're good about sticking their heels in the ground and uh, enjoying the the power that they have, and they might not, you know, without any target about what to allow. That seems to be exactly. Thank you. That's much more elegant. Uh,
3: Okay, all right, I get it now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) thank you, Cope. Because you know, I because we look at I look at it and I think, well, um, that it is actually that it's intuitive that it would be up to thousand but since if we remove that nothing. then I get now I understand why Brad is scared
5: There's nothing to go by mm-hmm. right
2: <clears throat> yeah all, all we have to go by is the the whims of the yeah okay thank you right. thank you I'll
3: let you keep going
2: <laughs> yeah I think that's huge right so all all we're talking about now I, I said in, in my remarks around this uh, that number itself is almost almost irrelevant because of everything else that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. That um, the number of units that can be built per square foot uh, is not the biggest uh, dictator of what's actually going to be able to build, be, be built because we have overly restrictive uh, impervious surface uh, regulations, uh, parking regulations uh setbacks uh uh, height yard dimensions um that all of those are the bigger dictators on what's actually going to be built and so if we're serious about you know sort of writing the ship on what the form of development that we want in franklin we can't (laughs) not only can we not forget those pieces those pieces are are critical uh to making this work And that's what i think what
0: I'd like to touch on just a little bit of what, what Kobe was talking about.
2: Sure.
0: The forgotten piece in this whole thing, which really is the most crucial part of all of this, is as I've tried pushing this and no one listens, what is a unit?
1: Define a unit.
0: Okay. Uh, a unit can be a four-bedroom or it could be a one-bedroom. There is nothing mm-hmm. in the book that defines that.
4: Right.
0: So if someone wanted to put in a three-unit, one-bedroom, a three-story, one three one-bedroom unit, one unit per floor. Of, one, I'm trying to.
1: One room per sp- floor.
0: One room yeah. per floor. They're all one bedrooms, so they're one-bedroom units, okay. three of them. Yeah. You would need uh, 1.5 parking spots per unit in the downtown or in the C1. I know. The same guy can put a four-bedroom in he only needs 1.5 and, uh, and I'm gonna give an example I, I hate to go back in history uh, there's a project across from the Honeydew on 140 that is being uh, developed now the man came forward with 33 one bedroom units
4: mm-hmm.
0: he needed one per, one per 1.5 parking spots per unit to make that work he could have come forward and says, you know what? I'm gonna put in 12 three bedrooms. Wow, you're only gonna have 12 units in there. This is great. But you got 12, three bedrooms. You might have five people living in each unit, more parking, more cars, more of everything. Mm-hmm. But no one has come to the point of a distinction between a one unit, what a unit is. Right. And there should be something written that if some guy wants to come in and put a, mm-hmm. a one-bedroom unit in. It should be a little more laxed than someone putting a four-bedroom unit in it.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, a four-bedroom unit is going to use more infrastructure, more water, more sewer. But there's no distinction that right. you still only need one and a half spots for right. that unit.
4: Right.
0: Whereas the poor guy wants to put some one bedrooms in, who want to live, you know, put some development in downtown area where those people will use the train or walk around. They're single people. They, can they walk only need the street a. To
3: the grocery yeah. store. They only need
0: a one bedroom.
3: Yeah. That, wants, that
0: one bedroom strong. unit has to comply to exactly what a three and four bedroom unit is no one has ever grasped that idea of what a unit is and that's a big that's a big major when you're when you're doing development
2: yeah just so just to make make that point extra clear all of our zoning regulates by dwelling units that's correct and not by Bedroom bedroom.
0: <laughs> That's correct. Which yeah. now a developer comes in and says, oh my God, I just want to put some one bedrooms in. Look what i got to do. I might as well just put three and four bedrooms in. It's the same same yeah. rules and regulations. Right. Yeah. And I don't think you really want three or four bedrooms. It just, it, it, it doesn't work. Because now you know you're going to need more parking spots. More than one person is going to live in a three-bedroom unit. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a
3: really awesome, and, it's a really, um... It's a really good point, and it's one of those things I don't think anybody really thinks about. They talk. What we think about is, we think about it this way, I think, well, a unit is a place where people live, right, or, um, you know, like, why, we, what we does do it, define it, what yeah. does it matter where a unit, what type of unit it is, but now this is a reason why we should, we should really think about.
0: What a unit is, yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: if anything, since. Or not, not what the unit is, I think, but. The differences well, the between the developing yeah. it right.
1: Define a unit. I mean, you, you've already struggled respectfully to define an accessory dwelling unit, which is another piece. The we definition. won't go near to at yeah. this point. But it's related to the conversation. Right? What is it a is. unit? If it's a if it's it a is. unit that's one bedroom versus a unit that's four bedrooms. If it's a unit that, you know, that's it, that that's that's all key in part of the discussion. And the analogy i've used in other places i mean everybody likes green grass right everybody has that concept of green grass and green to you may be different from my green different from somebody else's green but as long as it's green everybody says oh yeah green grass that's a great thing the only time the green really matters in terms of what the color is if you're trying to like match a particular color to <laughs> get, and now i want to have the same whether it's an irish green or uh, forest green, right? You start getting into the variations when you start buying and matching colors, but that's because green is not really well defined. Those who need the definition go to a color table, and there's 49,000 whatever colors, it's and I think green, to green. your point, and multiple points, we should have a definition of what is a union, right? There should be a definition for units,
2: yeah. And I, I, I would, I guess, I would just say we have a def- definition for what's a unit, it might. It's, it might not be specific enough to regulate the way that we should be- During permanent uh, process, regulate, yeah. right? right, so the definition right. of, a dwell, of a dwelling <coughs> unit, according to the town of Franklin, right. is one or more units providing complete living facilities for one family, including equipment for cooking or provisions mm-hmm. for the same, including a room or rooms for living, sleeping, and eating. Um, right, so the, the, the problem isn't the fact that we don't have a definition, it's that when we choose to regulate everything, as if we're trying to anticipate the number of people, we're choosing to do so through the term dwelling unit, which has unlimited amount of rooms uh, that can be considered a dwelling unit, uh, as opposed to rooms, or more closely getting uh, to the number of people. I think that's a fair point. I don't think it's our our biggest, uh, uh, you know, thing holding uh, the town back, but it's certainly a helpful point as we talk about, especially uh, parking spaces. Yeah. So
3: I think that um one of the things that Kobe has been saying since the very beginning is like let why shouldn't we let the de- the builders and the developers decide what they need they are the experts like if you want to put in one bedroom unit one bedroom units you know how many parking spaces you need for that for those people um, and why is the town of Franklin deciding mm-hmm. deciding that? Right, if you wanted to do a mix, you know. Like the well the, like Fairfield, the group was, was talking about one twenty one Grove Street. They know how many parking spaces they need to have for the the amounts of one, two and three bedroom units they Based have on in their park. experience in building some yeah. other things in right, place. Right. And, and so, right. so if we make if we regulate it so strictly that they, we lose that creativity, we lose that innovation of the builders and the developers and the designers mm-hmm. because they know what they need to sell it mm-hmm. or to rent it. It has to be um, efficient for people.
2: Right. I, again, I would I remind you that most of the buildings around or downtown, they weren't master planned. They weren't uh, right. through some permitting process. They were people looking to maximize the value on their own parcel. Those are the sorts of... Of properties, especially when we're working with smaller developers, they're just looking to sell, like to <laughs> maximize the value of uh, that property. And I think that sometimes we can get lost in the planning board process in the permitting process, and think of ourselves <laughs> as at the designer's table and you know trying to help them uh, develop the right project for Franklin. And I really think that that's a very dangerous uh, slope to be on, right? Our Job is to a- allow you to come in and do what you want and maximize the value of any parcel. And if you uh, are go to a point of infringing upon uh, the town in some design way, in some feel way, in some way that you know you're gonna have this massive shadow over this little one room shack because you know th- that's where uh, zoning uh came in was you know those those fringe elements of like okay well this is this is too far i know you want to do this to maximize the value but that's too far uh, but that's a it's a mindset shift of saying hey there's a certain amount that we just want you uh to you know to allow you to improve uh properties because that's good uh, mm-hmm. for franklin um it's good for uh our revenue and it's good for our livability
0: i guess to, to touch on that my whole feeling from the start here is is, is we want to create more housing
1: Yes. In the right
0: places. In the right places. So I'll give you an example. Dean Ave. If a fella came in and says I want to put six one-bedrooms on Dean Ave, I found a parcel or two, and I want to put six one-bedrooms, he couldn't do it. But he could do three, two-bedrooms. But we're not, I, I, as a developer, I know I'd rather have six units. It's it's more volume. We want to bring people to the downtown. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little confused here because, again, giving developers incentives—if something was written up that yeah, you can do six units if they're one bedrooms, but you can only do three units if they're two bedroom—we're just holding back people from to bring in more people to downtown. And mm-hmm. I I keep hearing we want more people, we right. want more people, so we have to put as many as we can on a parcel to get those people here. Right. But right now it's. You can't do that. Well,
1: that's one of the issues I think we've talked of in other places as well, so that, heaven forbid, anything happens to any of the downtown units, the current zoning would prevent us from replacing that unit with the same thing because they were built in the early zone, 1900s, anything yeah. before <coughs> zoning. So to replace any of those downtown buildings, we can't do that without a whole boatload of special permits and or variances because they don't conform to the existing requirements. So one way to go for conversation's sake, rather than kind of piecemealing this gear, this gear, it's, let's take it from the other side if we could. what should What should be the key gears that we go after from kind of the buildable point of view, right? We've already talked of there are various keys. What would you rather see and for conversations? Maybe maybe that's a way to
0: go. Well, I'd like to see uh, something that derives from the, the word unit. Yeah, we have a definition of a unit. But what incentive can we give a developer, whether it's a one, two, or three bedroom? One bedroom, you get more volume. I think we want more volume downtown. Right. I think we'd like to see young couples move in downtown in a one bedroom. That that can utilize possibly only one car use transit transportation walk around the downtown. Mm-hmm. It gives it's a magnet for those type of people to to walk around the downtown area.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the businesses need. They need more people. Right.
0: The businesses need people. People
5: come
3: first. <laughs> people come first, come next, right? right? So, so we have these businesses, the but they, but we don't have the people yet. And so yeah. the bu- that's why the businesses keep going out of business. It's like but Friday. there's Catch
0: 22 to that, too, because Franklin likes to keep the mom and pop stores. We like local. Mm-hmm. But the more people we get, we're going to bring in non-local. We're going to get the legal seafoods. We're going to get all those people that won't come here for the demographics. They want that Dedham, uh, Natick type volume of people if we start growing to that, now
2: the mom and pops get pushed out. So it, it if Legal Seafoods wants to move into <laughs> the old Acapulco space, I think that is a win for Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have I have
0: called, I have have called contacted over the years, Batucci's, the Legal Seafoods and everything, and they tell me we don't have the demographics. We don't have the volume of population. <laughs> You're going to start getting about 60,000 people, yeah. and then you start getting those people. Yet. And you start getting those. It's not, of, yeah.
3: To yeah, it. I don't, to to me, I don't I think we we'll ever I, get up there.
0: I say that
2: that that's not an immediate fear. Correct.
3: Ever. Yeah, right. yeah but
0: this easy. is what we're. but we're yeah, here yeah. for the future though we're not just here for today yeah, yeah. we're definitely here f- for the future and if we're going to grow the population
3: this is what's going to come right i think what what i'm hearing is is that the parking regulations and the setbacks and the impervious coverage that are uh, like the impervious coverage seems antiquated to me to to, to given the management
1: center we have
3: right yeah. and so those are Seem to be. I mean, I, I know that Kobe and I have talked about this multiple times about how that was our next step. Is that we need to take on that that table and really um, make it doable, buildable. So I mean, something on that. I mean, just the,
5: why wouldn't we increase the stuff? To, you know, change stuff by right, right? Make that. More scope of that table, leave everything else the same, because now you're getting tr- now you're getting what we're trying to achieve with more people, right by right, and trying to make that part, but you're not making anything else harder, keeping it the same, which I don't think it's a lot of red tape and certain stuff, but this is even going to make that harder. So maybe you just make it yeah, so by right, I well, keep it all the way it is.
3: I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's there's reasons why it has to be by right up to a certain percent. Uh, per- Per unit, yep. and that's the and that's the MBTA community. Great. Um, we have to we have to do that because we need to be able to get our mass work grants. Yeah, now, seven million dollars in the last yeah. four years. We've yep. got, um, and so um, I think it was a struggle to get it to be this high. Um, I think Kobe and I would probably, I think it should be at least twenty by right because that's what people like the downtown zoning like. That why not just stretch it all the way down, uh, one forty right. Um, that like downtown commercials on it, and um, I agree. and so, <laughs> and so. Um, that's
2: things like the building with Birchwood. Building.
3: Right, the building that had Birchwood's in. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that is that people like that building a lot, but I don't think they understand how dense it is. Yeah, it's very dense. And it, but it, it that's what helps bring yeah. customers to Birchwood, mm-hmm. right? Um, into the into all the other stores downtown. So I think it's it's one of these incremental steps that we've been talking about, Um, and and it it's taken 16 months to get to this point. I think we have to alleviate people still have fears about um, the possibility of what's going to happen next, and I feel that our job, Kobe and my jobs, have been to explain to people what it really means Mm -hmm. right and and how there's really not much to be afraid of that what's what we should be afraid of is not doing anything that's what we should be afraid of not allowing building Then we can't afford what you Then we can't afford anything Mm -hmm. right new growth stalls we need to we can't our budget is in peril right and so um, this is actually one of the strategies uh, to help the budget. Mm-hmm. That's what the town council is supposed to do. That is our job. Mm-hmm. Our number think, one job.
4: Yep.
5: And I think it's going to be tough the next couple of years. years. So this is a good time to do this. I don't think you're going to have a lot of development going on. No. Just, I can tell you, it's already stopped now. Right. So this is a good. good time to help
0: that. One, one last thing I'd like to touch on, too, is we mentioned 15 units, 20 units. You could make it 50 units. It doesn't make a difference because there's a formula already in place. I'll give you an example. For Millican Ave., all the way up to the other side of, uh, of 140 is water resource. So you can only develop 80% of the land anyway. So let's take that away. We're taking all that land away that you can't use. So we're already at 80%, then there are parking requirements. Then we're also forgetting there's a special permit for over three stories. So you could sell someone it's unlimited, but you still need special permit over three stories. You, you can only build within 80% of the water resource area. You're naturally again. The glass of water is leveling by itself. You never, even if you left it at one unit per thousand square feet, and a guy comes and goes. Okay, I got, I got two acres of land. I can put, eighty-four units on here. By the time he's done, he's down to forty-something. It does. If it, it, you can't do it, because you're down to eighty percent, now you're down to well, we don't approve a fourth story, so that loses the top floor. Now you need parking. Building shrinks. Yeah. If you if you use the current formula,
4: yeah,
0: it does work. Other than the fact that special power
3: right? Well, yes. I think that, and that's the table that we're talking about. All those little things that Joe mm-hmm. just mentioned right. are in this table. But
0: what you're also forgetting about too is
3: land use.
0: Again, I'll give you an example: the, the project across from from Honeydew, he had forty-four thousand square feet. Yeah. He could have put forty-four units in. It came down to thirty-three, only one bedrooms, which again would calculate the twelve three bedrooms. That whole project was, in our current zoning, 100% legal, not one waiver, nothing. The only special permit is a use permit. Do we feel that this particular lot is okay for multifamily? Mm -hmm. That's all the permit was for. It was just for the use. It was a use special permit, not a special permit for parking, height, uh the size of the building that building he could have still built he made offices out of it it would have never changed the character of the neighborhood it was just a use permit in other words well maybe I don't feel like I don't want to see apartments there and that was the permit that was the special permit just the multi-family use nothing to do with well you need a special permit for the bulk no you need a special permit for the parking no that was a 100% as of right project other than the use mm-hmm. Yeah
2: it was it wasn't when originally put in but I, and,
3: and
0: it to was me originally originally it was hundred percent as of right one unit per thousand square feet and it matched everything.
3: But that's not by right that was by
0: but no just forget right. the forget the multifamily part of it the structure itself, the parking, the setbacks. Everything was as of right. He could have built that building and said, I'm putting offices in there.
3: If it was all commercial, it's
0: just it could thing. have been built. That structure and everything could have been built all yeah, same, as of right. Same, same, same. Then you throw in, well, you know, I'd like to just make that building multifamily. Special permit kicks in only for yeah, okay. the use. Mm-hmm. Only. Right. He could have still said, "Well, forget the multi-family. I'm going to put it. I'm just going to put all opposite. I match everything." In fact, yeah. with commercial, you only need one parking spot for 500 square feet, right, where yeah. you need 1.5 or two, whatever <laughs> it was at the time. So, if somebody on these boards feels as though, "Well, you know what? I just don't want to drive by and see apartments," they can deny the special permit. Right. That kills the whole product. Right. Just the fact that it was yeah. apartments, and yet it was within the half mile of the train station. Right.
2: So this is, this is why I feel as though, again, I, I'm, I, I'm frustrated at how slow progress through Franklin For uh, can be, but it's why I still identify it as progress, because there's an example of something that was, that did require a special permit, and now we're saying, nope, we do want multifamily there, and you're allowed <coughs> up to a certain extent. Now, should that extent be all the way to the 1,000, uh, 1 unit per 1,000 square feet? In my mind, yes, uh, but you know, but we have at least started to, again, starting to right the ship toward allowing some of these projects that we know that we want. I'm I'm worried about getting a little convoluted, so cut me off if I am here. But but here's the issue, and here's what I'm being extra reminded of uh, by you guys today. My guess is, and I and I just shot our our uh, planning director uh, this question. Um, My guess is, I don't know, the number of projects that come forward that can actually, that at first proposal, can be built by right and don't require any special permits or variances at all, my guess is that's at least under 10%, if not none. And so what we've done is said that every single time, you're going to have to fight for everything, right? You're going to have to fight this uh, board of people for every project that you want. And as long as you are doing that, we're only giving them certain tools um, to control you, and and, and that's often how they see it, is is controlling Mm -hmm. uh, this project. And often those tools aren't even matching the tools that they want, right? They might not, uh, they might be frustrated at the number of units or the types of, you know, whether it's one family or three family, but they can't really control that. What they can control is parking, and they can make you jack up your parking until uh, until you have to make, it, you know, your your building smaller. And then we just end up with a worse project because of it, because we've, we've lent. Um, can I
0: correct you on that one point on the parking, so I don't forget sure. my point? yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, even with a special permit, you cannot make a developer put more parking in that's required in the bylaw. We'll so so the so the developer already knows that when yep. he applies. So going for the special permit, they cannot deny you on parking if you meet the current bylaw.
2: But we've made yes, mm-hmm. yes, 100. percent But what we said is we're just going to put every every rule is going to be overly restrictive so that you have to argue back. It's not that we actually want you to have um, one and a half spaces. Uh, per unit. We don't care. If you can get people that are, if you can fill a building over our train station with people that don't need a car, that's fantastic for Franklin. Amazing. You're not adding to our traffic, you're adding revenue, you're adding people that are going to only be able to walk to our downtown businesses. Uh, fantastic, right? We we don't care, um, uh, you know, about that. But we've made that overly restrictive. So now it's, Okay, w- you don't need one and a half spaces per unit within a half mile of the, of the downtown uh, space, um, but that's one of the tools that we have to control, control. the uh, the project.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, that
2: that's more. Rough. And, and we, again, we do it on setbacks, we do it on height, we do it on uh, um, on impervious coverage. Um, and, and so yeah, and, and, and again, just the very atmosphere of needing to uh, argue uh, for everything. Um, is is a risk that's often not uh, worth taking for developers and and the point that that you're making is when one of the things that that we've did and I, and I sort of have already made this point one of these things that we're doing is okay we're gonna allow certain things by right but that's scaring you because well as long as until we get to a point where we can actually put in full parcels by right we're still retaining some of those um, control t- some of those control yeah. uh, abilities and so Without giving them clear direction, then that's even scarier to me because now we've, yeah, you know, now we don't even have a, a target that we can agree on uh, as something, and you know, they can really just go on whether they like that guy or how they're feeling that morning right. or you know, uh, whatever it is. And so, you know, sort of reminding ourselves that in this transition process, still providing direction uh, to our boards and entities uh, might be an important piece uh, of that.
0: Just to touch on it just a little bit as a former planning board member for almost 15 years. A little defense to the special permit. Uh, Please? In 15 years of being on the board, I personally never voted no on any special permit. I never looked at it as a special permit as a way to deny somebody. I looked at a special permit as how to get the best for the neighborhood, the neighbors, the downtown, uh, not, not to deny the project, but... You know, you just don't want a log cabin built in the middle of two contemporary homes. I mean, it doesn't match the character of the neighborhood. It was a tool to get developers to make it the best for the community mm-hmm. on, on all aspects, whether it was drainage, parking, uh, design of the building. Right. I never looked at it as a tool to, oh, let's deny this guy. Let's Let's try to get the best product we can for the town of Franklin. Look at the property values in the last 15 years in Franklin. I don't think the prior planning boards did anything wrong to decrease values in town, we brought the town to a, a new level. Mm-hmm. In fact, we brought it to such a level that it's almost not affordable to build anymore. Yeah,
1: everybody and, wants to be uh, here, but nobody can get here. Right.
0: <laughs> and the next thing about you know, even housing is I do a lot of watching of the TVs, listening to the meetings. I have not heard one person in the town of Franklin say that we do not need affordable housing. Everybody agrees we need more housing, we need affordable. They get up on the mic, the ZBA, they they, they really pour their hearts out. Mm-hmm. But then the next word is, not in my backyard. So where do we do it? Mm-hmm. Nobody, whether it's going to be D-Nav, downtown, nobody wants to see anything developed next to them. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. That's one of the biggest issues we're having in the town of Franklin right now. We all agree, but we don't want it in our backyard. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? What it, it, even these relaxing the laws are still not going to stop neighbors from going to planning boards right. and filling the room and stating, you know, hey, geez, you know, I've enjoyed this this home on Dean Ave or this one over here for years. I've lived here 30 years and now I got a four-story next to me. I'm not going to see the sun anymore. Uh, it's not over just by relaxing the bylaws.
2: Right. And I, to some extent, I would I would disagree. Right, that what we're trying to do is by allowing certain properties by right, is saying, hey, our time for large community input is at the beginning. It's at the master planning process. It's at the zoning process. It's where we all say, what is the type of community that we want to live in? And then saying, there's up to that point, we want to just allow those things to happen. Because if we make every single uh, property uh, a battle, then we just end up. Um, b- building less, jacking up uh, housing costs, um, and 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 not being able to keep up uh, with our expenses. Right, that's the that is the very process that we're trying to change. Is uh, saying there's a certain amount that we've just all agreed upon is is what we want uh, for Franklin. Let's allow those to happen, and let's take out uh, the process at that point um, of saying, well, how do we feel about it? Um, and Let's give everyone uh, the sense of protection over, um, you know, because you know, that's how we end up in, the, in this. I
0: think situation. we all agree, in, in general, what we're looking forward to.
2: Right.
0: But there are so many underlying issues to a developer to come in and do that. And I'm going to give you one last example I can touch on, and I'm pretty exhausted out after that. <laughs> is, is, is the fact that an average person in Franklin, who's an average taxpayer, in a residential five area he owns a 10, twelve thousand square foot lot the home value right now is at 550 650 brad myself or somebody else wants to go buy that right now is the time to buy it because the laws are not relaxed that owner now finds out that 15 units can be developed on that $600,000. Guess what he wants now? He wants a million five. So guess what? It doesn't get developed because the council's going to allow 15 units on that as of right. That guy sits back and goes, whew, I've been waiting to retire. I'm not selling this now. Brad shows up, figures don't work. It just keeps parlaying down the line. Nobody's going to sell their property at old market value when the new laws are in place.
2: That that scares me a lot less, and and a good parcel that scares me a lot less uh, is that old Alcapoco's building, right? Right now he has very little uh, incentive to touch that building. Why did Alcapoco's leave? It's not because they weren't doing well; they were very successful. It's that the landlord didn't want to uh, maintain uh, the building; it wasn't worth uh, sinking any. Uh, money into, and so they wanted to move and and. Well, uh, I could, I can tell you the real reason. Because I dealt space.
0: with Alcapalcos because they were going to come down to the FICO site at one time. $9,500 a month rent for that corner.
2: Yeah, which wasn't worth... Seeing, you could you go know,
0: buy the old unique cafe unattended. and build and it, rather, pay a mortgage, and own, own your own place.
2: Uh, th- the point is that we have a parcel that we all agree needs to be touched but we also all agree that it currently doesn't abide by any of our zoning laws even though it's a it's like a a good parcel it has the bones of a very very uh good piece it's a key um, to the downtown absolutely and so you know uh, it, it, a lot of people get frustrated they sort of sit back and say well it's just on absentee landlords um to improve their spaces and that's and that, to me, you know, I'm on the council, right? But there are certain tools that are still within our power to actually say, no, it, it is worth you investing in this property uh, because you can put together a project that's financeable, uh, that is lively and, and worth touching. And that is that involves us uh, relaxing uh, some of the restrictions to actually allow that parcel to become the exact parcel that I, most of town uh, would want it uh to become right, i'd rather be in a space where people are deciding between whether now is the right time to improve the property or not than looking at the zoning codes and saying well i, I can't even improve the property uh, if i want to
0: well brad might agree with me on this i mean that is a beautiful possible to develop someday but it would have to be done as uh, what's the word i want to use uh, not as a profitability project. It would have to be done as a yeah, guy just wants to do it because yeah. it, it's, his, it's his little mm-hmm. pet peeve to build it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. one, you have to do commercial all on the first floor. Yeah. The first thing the guy's going to do, well, I can give you all that, but I need three or four stories residential <laughs> above. Yeah. Let's see that happen downtown Franklin.
5: That's a tough parcel. You've got you to renovate the building. So it's just, like Joe says, a little bit of a labor of love. I'd be okay. happy to step in that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, well, it's that's why that's why you guys are here yeah, because you guys live to, here. You it know, has to, right. like it has to be. It has, has
0: to be something done. the guy's gonna do just because he wants to do it for the downtown. He's not in it for the money because it's not gonna make money. And that's one in a million guy. I mean, it's not. And 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 again, let's try to vision old school downtown people who love the downtown, the village look, uh, to put in a three four high rise modern seaport-looking glass building downtown, it's not going to happen.
2: I I just think that that is fear-mongering to a point of of paralyzing us, right? Uh, Absolutely, a three-story, four-story brick building which exists in all your favorite downtowns, Uh, you know, we we were just looking, taking pictures of Natick. I I was just taking pictures of one in Greenfield, which is like a rural but has a vibrant downtown four stories that's well made uh, is, is not uh, anything to be mm-hmm. scared of. They exist in all these walkable... We'll and I'll just touch you on one thing areas.
0: on that. Kobe, we can't even get a nice little blade sign for the gelato ice cream place. <laughs> 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 but and you're talking point. a four-story building with <laughs> overshadowing the sunlight <laughs> of the it, downtown. We're
3: regulating the wrong things. We're we're, <laughs> yeah, we're regulating the wrong things.
0: I agree. Right. Yeah, but I think this is guess. where we are, though.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know, but that's where we're trying to go. And I... And, um, these conversations are really important because we there's we all agree, but there's these different pieces, right? And um, and there there are a lot of people that fear what what could potentially happen. But I I I think that you know we we we've, we've talked about this before. We have this design review. We have people in town like Brad that want to do it for for the good of the town because he lives in town. His kids grow up here. Um, he wants to have a really cool place where the kids can walk around and do things and and be around people. We talked to Ed last time about density and how do we make people more comfortable. It's density, density, density. And so, you know, I think we, need, we do regulate too many things. We regulate the wrong things, but it's a control issue. And we need to release the control a little bit to allow for the things that we want to see. Right.
1: So I think we've come through, obviously, a, a sense of kind of like, a, that's all I've got <laughs> <for> the moment. <laughs> but it's been a healthy discussion, and we want to continue that, nice. and I think a couple of points, at least from my perspective, we have opportunity now, to your point in terms of developers, development is slowing, so this is the time to make some changes. When do we make the changes? We make the changes in the planning process like we're talking about now, in the zoning, in the master plan, and not at the time before it's been the planning board or before it's been the zoning board of appeals. That's too late. Right. So we do have good time now. There are multiple meetings going to be happening between the town council and planning board on current items that are moving through the process. And oh, by the way, the master plan is going to be starting and that's mm-hmm. a key piece going through. So, yeah, it, it's a patient process because things will not happen immediately. <laughs> things will not happen overnight. But it's the nature of these discussions where, oh, yeah, you mentioned that's a good idea. But we're now we, how about this? Now mm-hmm. how about that? I think we're gradually getting there.
0: But just one last quote, and I quoted this years ago. There's an old saying, build it and the people will come.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: That's all opposite now. We need the people to, to get the it. people to come and build nice things. And we need more people in Franklin.
4: That,
0: I, that's that? That,
1: that could be a mic drop. <laughs>
4: well,
0: it's true. <laughs> we you If you want the downtown to be really revitalized with, with tenants and stuff, you need the people. You need the people right. to patronize those places. Mm-hmm. Again, years ago, you build a ball field, they'll come. Those days are gone. Before people invest in a downtown, they want to make sure there's people.
3: Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Like no shop is going to open if there's no customers. That's correct. Believe and me, and it's yeah, not going to work. That's pieces we've touched on in multiple
1: discussions. I can out of that. <laughs> you need the volume. Yeah. You need the percent to have that happen then the affordability piece, the buildability piece buildability. from a deeper perspective, will create the affordability piece from a residential perspective.
3: Right. So right.
0: And what we really yeah. need to is, 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 we all talk about the cars and but we need something down, a municipal huge parking lot somewhere, because not everybody is walkable. Mm-hmm. We all live miles away from downtown. Mm-hmm. We have We have four seasons. You don't walk in the snow. You don't walk in the rain. You need a car to get to downtown. And you can make it more vibrant if there was a place that you could park, because it barely works now. Imagine if we had a vibrant downtown with a lot of stores that, are, that that require people coming in. There's no place to park.
1: A step towards that, I'll put in the plug with the parking changes recently. Now we're putting in what is it, 70 to 80 additional parking spaces, more available that hadn't been before. Yes. Yeah, so, so hopefully that'll change some of that equation. There'll
3: be a um, first come first serve kiosk down downtown to and you know, open up all of those merchant only and commuter rail parking spaces for people to come downtown. Right. So if people don't know
1: visually that's the Vera Ferrara lot right opposite, kind of new the nutrition place, and then the town parking above the train station behind Dean. There's approximately 80 spots that are now available for first come, first serve, sometime this year.
3: <laughs> yeah, and people can park at, at Davis there right now for free as Except well. Except overnight. Except, no, yeah. Right. So, um, but thank you so much, Steve, for having us again. Um, I think this is number six. I don't know if we said yeah, that Lee's, at the beginning. At least, six. Yeah, yeah. six. Uh, and, part um, of the journey. It's part of the journey. Hope everybody's been following along. And if they have any questions, they should just re- they could reach out to any of us.
1: Yeah, we're available, and there'll be more of these. So thank you all for participating today. And Thanks, we everyone. do this Thanks. because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? The piece is titled Ernesto Mañana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Searching podcasts for Franklin Matters.